Pastors Larry and Tiz welcome you to another New Beginnings Church podcast. Go deeper into God's Word with practical messages and lifestyle studies that will equip, inspire, and encourage you in your relationship with Jesus. Get ready to be fit for life. When you think of worship, do you normally think of a church service? Maybe with a good Hammond playing in the background and a choir up front that's leading you? Well, worship is our topic today, but worship is far more than singing. But let me kind of back into the singing part of it. Number one, all kinds of worship, all music is from God. And there are some songs that I resonate with and some songs that I don't. But it's my responsibility to worship even during the songs that I don't resonate with. You see, I come to church to worship God. So it's my job. And even if the singers are off, even if the Hammond doesn't play, (laughs) and even if there's somebody up there that I don't like the color of what they're wearing, it's my job to get rid of everything from the flesh and then step into that ah, presence of God and worship him. So most of us think of worship as music. So that's why I wanted to start with that one. There's worship music that you can play in your home. When I was getting my healing from cancer, there was a uh, CD that we got. It had scripture subliminally playing underneath the music. So we could have the music playing and people could come in who were not people of faith. And that subliminal healing scriptures was playing all the time. That was a real comfort to me to know that the atmosphere in my home was being flooded with the word of God. So that is worship. But do you realize that God considers our tithes and our offering a form of worship as well? You see, we receive money, finances, some form of exchange for the work that we do. And in order to prove to God that we really trust him, he is saying, give me the first 10%. Now, I taught on tithing before, so the 10% doesn't matter so much as whether it's on the gross or on the net. You have to figure out those things between you and your Heavenly Father. But tithing is your way of worship to say, I trust you, God. And it's even been stated that sometimes if you're not a tither, that some of the things that you're believing for really aren't going to happen, not because you're buying it from God, but because you're saying to God, I don't trust you. I'm not going to tithe, so I don't trust you, so... With the lack of trust, you become double-minded, and then you pray for something, and you don't get it because you're double-minded. Now, I have to admit, in the beginning, to really write that check, to take that money out first, it, it becomes a decision. And then the more that you do it, and the more that you watch God bless the 90% that you have left, the more fun it becomes. Now, there's a number of ways to give in today's society. I like writing checks. See, anytime that I enter in my check register uh, a, a deposit, then I write my tithe check. It just comes automatic. We have a spot in our house where I tuck those checks in our TV room so that when Don gets ready for church, then he grabs all of those tithe checks. Now, practically speaking, you could write one check, but I like cutting a check, so to speak, every single time I get an increase into my account. To me, that is worship. To me, it says, Lord, I thank you that you have blessed me. I thank you that you have given me an opportunity to be a blessing to somebody else. So that's part of worship as well. 
So if we've only covered five minutes of this class and we've only discussed worship with singing and so forth and listening to praise music and giving, what in the world could be the rest of worship? Well, I made a list. You know I love lists. So number three on that list is gratitude. You see, gratitude is something that God looks for. When we give our children presents, it's always nice when they get excited and say thank you. But yesterday at a, at a wedding we were involved in, and they were talking about kids opening packages. I've got some in the front row here. And if you have three Christmas presents, then you can probably open those three and enjoy one of them to play with right away. But if you have 13 then it becomes almost like a feeding frenzy. And you open one after another, and you rip. And you don't play with the first one, and you don't really notice the 15th one that someone else is opening. We look to our children to say thank you. And God looks at us to say thank you. Now, sometimes circumstances are such that there really isn't much to say thank you for. But it's not the circumstances that cause us to worship and say thank you. It's the heart issue that says, thank you. Thank you for waking me up. Thank you that I'm blessed to be in a home with a roof over my head. Thank you that I have a bed to sleep in. Thank you that I have food to eat. It may not be exactly what I want, and it may not be as much as what I want, but I have food to eat. Thank you that I have clean water. Have that attitude of gratitude, and then watch if God won't surprise you with blessings just one at a time. Here they come, here they come, because you're telling him thank you. He responds to our faith, and gratitude is a part of faith. It's always fun to see someone in corporate America, or even in the church world, that gets an award. And we pay homage to people and honor them because of the award. But we really need to understand, it's not us, Anything that we are able to do, even if it's our intellect in corporate America, we're doing it because God has blessed us with the understanding and the wisdom to know what to do. In today's society, I don't know how people make decisions about major purchases because it's like, okay, do I do this? Do I do that? Do I step here? Do I step there? It's a confusing season, and we aren't really sure about the future and what purchases might mean. And I'm talking about everything from cars to houses to investments. But it's a season where God is speaking to his people. So he is saying, child, listen to me. This may look good, but it's not what I have for you. Listen to me so that you keep your foot on the right path. That's part of worship. Obedience to God's rules is part of worship. Have you ever considered that before? Have you ever considered that listening to God and doing what he tells you to do is part of worship? You see, everything that the Bible talks about, talks about us being in relationship with our Heavenly Father, talks about us listening to what he says and doing what he says, talks about God will bless us as we bless others, but we can't bless others unless we're blessed. So God is saying, I will bless you if you will listen to me. Now, it was a great relief for Don and I to discover that God didn't expect us to give all our money away. We had been successful in corporate America, so the, the fact that a lot of people were saying, oh, no, no, you, you need to give things away. 
And I wouldn't say that we hunted for a church that had people in it that had businesses, but God blessed us with finding churches that had people with businesses in them. So we realized that God doesn't expect us to not have things. He just expects us to thank him for the things and not depend on the things for our happiness, to not look at our circumstances and think, oh, look what I have done. The very fact that we have anything is a blessing from God, and that is part of worship. There are a lot of people who make judgments about what we say or what we do, what we wear, where we live, and it says more about them than us. So what we need to understand is that just like a child who is just excited to be going somewhere and isn't worrying about whether or not the car has gas in it, we need to be excited about what God has blessed us with and thank him. Thank him when you get in your automobile to drive. And it may not be the one that you want, but thank him for it. Thank him when you go into your home. That's part of what the message on the door is about, that we acknowledge it's from God and he has blessed us and we're coming into our home to be a blessing. And as we leave our home, we touch that mezuzah to acknowledge that we are being a blessing in the world. Worship is an unusual thing when you take it out of singing at church. To think about worship as being part of some of the things that God has asked us to do. The feasts, for instance. When it says, you know, come to the Lord and don't come empty-handed, that's part of worship. It's saying, I am going to carve out this amount of time, Heavenly Father, to study and learn about what this high holiday is. And thank you that you have given me someone to teach me about what this is. If we just do things rote without being grateful and without being joyful, then it becomes like a marriage where a man says, uh, yes, I love you. I told you that on the day I married you, but don't expect me to say it anymore. Uh, yes, I'll pay the bills, but you'll need to take care of all your own stuff. That's not a marriage. It's, it's, it's a contract. <laughs> and what God is saying to us is, I, I want your heart. I want you to, to giggle with joy when you see a sunrise or a sunset. When that first flower comes up out of the ground after a long, dry winter, I want you to thank me and say, oh, my gosh, look at that. That little green sprout's coming up. We lost some of the plants in our home with a freeze. And because we're kind of new to Texas, I'm not sure which one is going to come back and which one isn't. But I was pretty sure that there was a vine on the backyard area that kind of grew up a trellis and spread out. I was pretty sure it was gone. And as I was trimming it, you know, when you take the shears and you cut and the bark just kind of cracks and it's like, oh, it's dead. But something inside of me said, don't pull it out yet. Well, everything else in the yard started coming up green and those sticks were still sticking up, doing absolutely nothing. I was hunting for something in the yard, the uh, landscape areas to say, okay, what can I buy? What can I plant there? Because this plant had been right in the middle of this wrought iron orb that comes up and it's like that's going to be kind of hard to put something in there again well don't you know last week as I'm pushing things around and I look down it's like oh my gosh I said the time there's a little green sprout coming up and now it's about mm, six inches tall so it's going to grow like Jack and the Beanstalk story it's going to grow quickly but it's there but I thought it was dead what in your life has been buried. And even when you looked at it with gratitude, with a joyful heart, with prayers of thanksgiving, every time you kind of looked at it and made a clip, that thing was deader than a doornail. 
Well, don't you know that God wants our worship? And it seems simplistic to compare it to a plant. But I was so joyful when that green sprout came up and I realized I wasn't going to have to buy something and jury-rig it around to make it in the center of that, that orb. And that's how God is doing. He's saying, child, trust me. Trust me. Don't pull it out by the roots and throw it away. Don't cover it up with bark or cement and say it was dead. You see, part of worship is believing in those things that we can't see. Faith is a very mysterious thing, and yet faith is at the very core of worship. For those of you that stepped in a little bit later, um, our topic is worship, and we covered music real quick. <laughs> it's our job to worship, no matter whether we like the music or not, whether or not we like who's up front, no matter what they're wearing or what they're saying. When we come to God's house, it's my responsibility to stir myself up and worship, whether I like the song or not. I can't complain. I can't critique. That's not, that's, I'm not going to get any blessing <laughs> for that. Second part was tithing, giving, because tithing and giving lets God know that we trust him. And so we're able to take the first part of anything that comes in and give to the Lord for his work, for his people, because we trust that he's going to take care of us. And probably looking around at the faces in this room, some of you have tithed, and in the natural, there wasn't enough money left in that bank account to take care of your needs. And yet somehow, isn't that just crazy when that happens? Yeah, somehow it's there. It's like, holy cow. Or you go to buy something, and it's on sale. Or something that everybody else wore out because we'd all been wearing it for three seasons, and you pull it out of your closet, and it looks brand new. It's like, Lord, thank you. That's how God blesses us back. And when we look at just the finances, sometimes we might be disappointed. But what we need to look at is the whole picture about how God takes care of us. And then worship him with our thanksgiving. Well, now let me go back to that plant in dead dreams. You know, in heaven there is no time. I think I was greatly relieved when I first realized that the very first words in the Bible, in the beginning... What that really means is when God started time. So time is what we have here on earth, but there is no time in heaven. So therefore, if God gives you a vision and a promise, it's not necessarily going to happen right away. Now, they always talk about, you know, Abraham and Sarah and how long that took. And I'm just excited that she stayed so youthful for so many years. I think that's a good thing to go after. Um, and then other you know, people of great faith when God told them something, but it didn't happen right away. But I want to flip over to a story that we've just celebrated the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let's take a look at Mary and talk about worship. Now, she knew she hadn't been with a man. And she knew when that angel came, it's like, oh my gosh. And yet right away she said, whatever, whatever you need, I, I'm yours. Be it unto me as you have spoken. I'm, I'm, I'm all in. But don't you suppose right behind that she was having a little bit of trouble worshiping? <laughs> See, back then, a fiancé was a legal binding contract, and he didn't live in the same area because he was living someplace else getting ready to build a house for you. So there was no way that he could have been with Mary. So all of the waggling tongues in the, in the community couldn't have said, ah, oh, they got together too early and she's pregnant. Mm. But she's pregnant and he's not around. And legally, they could, he could kill her. Now, you remember the story and it says, you know, Joseph not wanting to embarrass Mary or whatever. You know, he was going to, to divorce her privately. 
until the angel appeared to him. What? Let's back up and look at Mary's life. She was a young girl, and I'm sorry for the guys in the room, but you can kind of relate as you watch your wives. When we get engaged, don't we have some ideas about what's going to happen? I mean, there's going to be some showers, right? There's going to be some parties. There's going to be a big celebration. Mom and dad are going to be happy. My new in-laws are going to be happy. We're going to invite all of our friends. So Mary had an expectation of something that was going to happen when she and Joseph got married. She was a good girl. She hadn't done anything wrong. I think she had a hard time sometimes with her faith. Not that she went into a room and cried, but just, Lord. And then this child is born, and you realize that Mary and Joseph had no marital relations until after Jesus was born. And a lot of times in counseling, you know, men are like, you're kidding. It's like, no, the Jewish concept is not as the American Western way is. <laughs> they have a much more respectful attitude towards marital relations. So Mary has the child. She realizes that this child is very unique and special. They're given a lot of money by the wise men that come and, and actually finance the family. So it's like, thank you, Lord. I've got more than enough. Then they are uprooted and they go down to Egypt for a while. Don't you suppose Mary was looking for that angel again? How come, angel, you go talk to him and not me? I'm the one with the stretch marks. I'm the one that had to face the waggling tongues. I'm the one that had to give up my dreams of of a bridal shower and all the parties that go with it. And yet you send that angel to him? I don't think she stayed there very long, but don't you think every once in a while she kind of wondered? And then the angel comes back and says, Joseph, go back. It's safe now. Jesus won't be killed. And then Mary waits for her boy to launch out on the ministry on the call of his life that she knows he has. She knows it in her very being. And yet he kind of goes into carpentry after his dad's business. And he seems to be collecting some very unusual characters. He's not doing the things that she would have assumed he would do. Now, he went to Hebrew school. He did all of those things. And he was bar mitzvahed at 12. He was about his father's business, but it probably wasn't what she had expected in her life. So she had to kind of get rid of those expectations and then watch her boy. Can you imagine what she went through when she saw him arrested and then saw him crucified? Wondering, did I miss it? Did I do something wrong? Was there something in my past that caused this to happen? I don't know what has been crucified in your life. I don't know what you might have faced and said, I don't understand this. This is not the way it's supposed to be. This is not how God's word (laughs) says it is. And yet here we are. Worship is stepping into your future with the confidence that God has you covered. Mary had to have had that attitude of gratitude and the attitude of I'm yours in order to have survived what she went through. Now, there was a party afterwards. She did realize that, my gosh, my son is the son of God. He is the Messiah. He is the one that's going to take away the sins of the world. And yet, how many times did she have to readjust her mind, her attitude? See, I look at Mary more than I look at Sarah. (laughs) 
because Sarah had her husband, and Sarah had things going on around her, and she was not a misfit. Um, she had Abraham that kind of drug her around from place to place. They moved a lot. But nonetheless, she kind of had that established family, but not Mary. So today, as you look at worship, I want you to think back on, if you identify with the plant and the green sprout, then, then go to that one. What in your life has not happened the way that you thought it should? Or if you identify with Mary, what in your life has turned out so raw and is not what you had planned? Well, I don't know how many of you are following along on, um, you know, the 50 days, you know, from Passover to Pentecost, but one of the teachings was um, you're never late and nothing is ever late. It's always right on time. And this ties back into time is here on earth, not in heaven. And as God is looking at your life and down the pathway, he sees things that are coming and he sets things up. Probably one of the hardest concepts to realize is that when God is ready to do something for you, he wants to make sure you can handle it. So he may give you an extra $1,000 somewhere that was an unexpected blessing to see what you're going to do with it. Because down the road, he's got $10,000 coming. But if you can't handle the 1000 he's not going to... And it's not that he's, he's, he's not doing it to be mean to you. He's doing it so that you won't mess up even more. So he will continue giving you options. And maybe instead of the 1000 next time it's going to be 500 just to see if that's, that's a starting point of where you are. And the beauty of it is that there's no judgment. God's not up there going, we're trying to figure this out. It's like, my child, my child, worship me. Listen to me. Obey me. I'm going to help you. Now here's 500 Okay, we'll go around the mountain again. Okay, here is 250 Okay, it's okay. You're, come on, I'm rooting for you. And it may go down all the way to $50 that you put five bucks on the plate. But then God has a starting point. You have shown a worship attitude. You have shown a faith attitude. And so he'll step out and give you a little bit more. Sometimes those trials and tests, and I'm referring to them as worship, those trials and tests come quickly, one right after another. And sometimes they take years. Our job is to continue walking in faith. Faith means that we don't know what's behind the door, but we know who's behind the door, and we joyfully step through it. We're talking about there is no time in heaven. Time is here on earth, and that we cannot judge what God has put into our hearts to do by the circumstances around us. We need to make sure that we keep a joyful, happy attitude so that we can be a, not only a witness to others, but a witness to our Heavenly Father. We want to let him know that we acknowledge every good gift that he puts in our life, every blessing that comes our way, every little healing that transpires. When I received my healing from cancer, I have continued all of these years, 25 now, to thank God for healing me. And when I'm having a really deep time of prayer, that's one of the main things that I, I settle on. Because I did not do what was recommended by the medical profession, God led us a different way. And by the way, if you're going to step aside of medical professionals, make sure you're hearing God, not somebody else's testimony. Because those guys in the boat, when 
Jesus said, you know, walk, come. <laughs> they couldn't get out and walk on the water because it wasn't their word. So don't take somebody else's word and somebody else's pathway to think that that's the way you're going to do it. You have to have your ears circumcised and listen to what God's telling you to do because he heals in a number of different ways. Anyway, I continue to thank God for my healing. I continue to thank him that he gave us the wisdom and the resources that we were able to do because everything that I did was outside of insurance coverage because it was all naturopath. But I thank him for that, and I thank him that I'm continuing to walk in the healing that he gave me at that time. So we'll just recap here because I'm not sure what the recording picked up and didn't. Worship is more than singing, and yet if we come into a service and we don't like the music or don't like who's leading it, it's our job to step into the atmosphere of praise and worship our Heavenly Father, number one. Number two, worship is in our finances. It shows God that we trust him. To write that check sometimes is difficult unless you have been used to it and you've seen the blessings that come from it. And then it's like, oh my gosh, I'm excited. <laughs> Let's write this one and put it in. Number three, it's your attitude of gratitude. That's your worship. Thanking God for what you have, not comparing yourself to somebody else. Number four, it's the attitude of faith, knowing that God may have promised you this, or you may be believing for this, but you need to walk through the steps of faith to make sure that you're on the right pathway. And I think what was missed uh, on the recording is part of that uh, blessing and testing. So if God is getting ready to bless you, it's not that he's trying to trick you, but he wants to make sure you're going to be able to handle the blessing. For instance, um, when I was getting my healing from cancer, um, Don was not quite as far down that pathway of uh, faith as I was. I mean, it, it was my body, so I got into faith real quick. <laughs> but God told him to go pray for a lady to be healed. And um, I had received a, a treatment at the clinic, and I told him I would stay in the car and pray for him, and he went in to pray for the lady in the clinic. Now, we had just listened to a CD on our, our way down to the clinic that taught a little bit about praying for healing because we were good Baptists, and they were lovely people, but they didn't believe in healing. So I had to kind of pull away from my church friends for a while, because I did not want their prayers to endure. I needed some prayers for healing. So Don went back in to pray for Elsie, and um, <clears throat> when he came out, he said, I don't think she's going to make it. <laughs> and we watched her get sicker and sicker, and we watched her go into the hospital. And Don was like, yep, yeah, yeah, she was just too, too far gone. And then about a year later, we got a letter from her daughter. And as we're opening it up, we're expecting to say, you know, yes, mom went home to the Lord. And the daughter said, you know, I'm so sorry I haven't been in touch with you. She said, you know, mom is back at work. It's like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> and Don and I looked at each other. It's like, you know, all he did was the prayer of faith. What he had just learned from a CD, he spoke those words into the air. It matched Elsie and her family's faith because they had been going through the phone book to try to find a pastor to come pray over her mother. Now, Honey wasn't a pastor, but he was a man who God had just given the instructions of how to pray for healing, and he prayed those words. Don didn't immediately hang a shingle on his door and say, I have the power for healing. Come visit me, and I will pray for you. We realized that that was a, a circumstance where God allowed Don to pray for someone, even though his faith was kind of wacky at the time. Her faith was strong. All of you may be called into a circumstance where God is expecting you to write the check, you 
to say the prayer. You to be the one that says to them, can I pray for you when you're in a grocery store line? Be that person. Be the one that steps out and says, yes, Lord, I do hear you. Because who knows that that's not that $1,000 gift that God's seeing. Are they going to tithe $100 on that $1,000? Are they going to pray for that person? Because somebody in your family, maybe the next one that needs it, and God wants you to know how to do it and what it feels like and how to pull the, the power that Jesus has paid for on the earth to speak it into that body. I think Pastor Lydia, when she said that we would be talking about worship today, had a whole different idea of what we would be talking about. But as soon as I got that title from Pastor Wanderson and I started making my notes, it's like, uh uh-uh, this is the message that I need to give today. Worship is far more than singing fa-la-la or or Shonda Labippi in the shower. It's about saying, Lord, I am yours, just like Mary, Whatever, whatever it is, I'm yours. Sometimes it may make me sad, but I'm yours. Sometimes it may seem really hard, but I'm yours. Sometimes it may look really odd to everybody around me, but I'm yours. And then keep that circumcised ear to hear his voice and keep your eyes on him so that you know exactly where to step. I'm excited to see what God's going to do, what miracles are going to happen for those of you in, in the room this morning and for anyone who's listening to the CD. Because God's in the miracle business. And don't you know the season of time that we're in? Miracles are happening. God is moving. Let us be the ones that are his army, that are leading the way, showing the way, and not looking at our circumstances. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for everyone who came in this morning. Father, thank you for the ones that might be listening to the CD later on. Lord, we know that Worship truly is coming together as God's people and, and praising you and singing. But, Father, it's, it's a daily thing. It's more than just reading our Bible, Lord. It's this attitude that we trust you. Father, we tell you our hurts, not each other. We tell you our dreams and desires, not other people. We go to you when our feelings are hurt. We go to you when we're confused. You are the first face that we seek for good news, for healing, for wisdom, and for joy. Father, thank you that you have already provided everything that we need in order to do the job that you've called us to. And let us move forward, linking arms with our brothers and sisters in Christ, with joy in our hearts, knowing that as we open that door, you truly are on the other side waiting to greet us. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Amen.